The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Road to World Football Show. It is our Week 15 preview. I am joined by Kyle Dvorak, Patrick Crane, and Denny Carter. I am Patrick Darty. I think maybe I already said that. Um, <laughs> Probably did. had the flu for a little while, but I, you know, I gutted through it. That's what you do in the modern American economy. And really, it was actually, only it was only one month though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very brief. It was almost 24 hour bug. I could barely notice I was sick. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It was a 24-day bug, which is almost yeah. the same, but it's just a little... Almost the same. Your immune system is a stuff of legend, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I told Denny, I mean, it used to be until I had kids. I told Denny I was the classic, I haven't been sick in 20 years, you know? <laughs> the last time yeah. I was sick, I don't even get colds. And then my kids start school, and you're like, what is the... the, the <laughs> I can't even... The vile virus? <laughs> Seems bad and it feels even worse. But yeah, we're going to talk about all of week 15 games the Eagles at the Bears, the Chiefs at the Texans. I'm just reading games. Cowboys <laughs> at the Jaguars. You're like trying um, to fill time. So you literally just read every game. There are four <laughs> games. Yeah, four games totaled under 40 this week. It's quite a week of football we got going on. Quite a weekend. At least we're fresh, you know? At least yeah. we're just- <laughs> quite a weekend yeah, of Christmas shopping coming up here, too. But Crane. Said he didn't even want to talk about the topic, I think, because he is so disastrously behind on Christmas shopping. We all participate, of course, in this capitalistic ritual. How are you guys feeling? How are you guys doing in your Christmas shopping? Ahead, gift certificates are always a, a good fallback option. It Ooh. feels like a gift certificate year for Down a lot bad. of, a lot of nieces bad. and nephews. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, that's fine, actually. They, they don't mind. Yeah. They like money. Danny, have you purchased uh, Christmas gifts for your family? So... My my home uh, becomes a pressure cooker of sorts uh, during the holidays because my wife is so on top of the of the uh, gift buying that it forces me to up my game. I I am actually forced if I if I don't I'm so far behind. So my wife likes to be done with Christmas shopping completely by December 10th. Okay, this, this is always her, her goal. I thought you were gonna say like August tenth, like one of those people. No, 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 no. It's not nothing. You know, she's not like certifiable. But, uh, <laughs> but it, and that and that really, you know, makes me get into like Christmas shopping mode way earlier than I used to do because I used to kick into that mode around Christmas Eve, and, and uh, <laughs> they, they were 
do <laughs> go do all the shopping at that point. But uh, we have the internet here, so I, I just do all my shopping there and, uh, and and get it done. So my my game has been forced to get better. My complaint about Christmas shopping is it's like impossible to get people gifts anymore because since physical media is dead. Like if people don't read, you like can't get them movies anymore. You can't get them CDs anymore. Yeah, I you bet your I bet your your grandmother loved getting Die Hard Four for the fourth time. <laughs> oh no, man, those people! I'm not even kidding. They loved getting physical media. It was like the easiest fallback gift ever yeah. for that generation of people. When I so my brother and I we had like a tradition. This is like you know college just after college or whatever, where on the twenty third we would be on the way to my sister's where she would like host a thing, kind of a pre Christmas Eve thing on the 23rd. So on the way there, we would go to borders. Borders is like a Barnes and Noble. As yeah. a, does it exist anymore? It no, does not. You know, the ultimate, uh, the big, huge surprise, <laughs> the, I know, the I ultimate know. physical media kind of, kind of stuff, CDs, books, yeah. uh, DVDs, all that. So we'd, we'd buy them the most outdated things in by today's standards. <laughs> <laughs> and it was great. It was the best because we'd be like, we'd have our list. We'd go around the store. You know, it was a lot of fun. Now, you know, he's married and has a kid and stuff. With yeah, you, that, you, could, give, you could give the, give the gift shame. of taste. Now, like, hey, got you a yeah. Spotify subscription that you already have. No. No, no it's it's uh yeah no it, there, there is something missing there you can't you can't give uh cds anymore obviously or dvds by the way pet i was i was persecuted in my own home the other day for buying the scrooged dvd scrooged of Ooh. course the 1988 bill murray movie <laughs> uh and then by my wife who then said we bought it on on itunes last year how do you not remember my question is how do i how do i remember yeah how, do you, how you remember how do you know what you have digitally yeah. you know, there's no way to know no. so so i i yeah so now I, I doubled up on scrooged my dad still like goes and buys cds and he I, has like i do access too. to the internet and everything yeah it's I kind do of too. like i kind of like that like power through it you just keep buying cds man well no i already had an amazing collection and i mean they're extremely cool like it's great to <laughs> have this physical them. thing yeah they are gramps you're right i love i love that right next to the stack of no i love just I uh, having no physical connection whatsoever to something i spend so much of my time doing listening to music i love it just being totally ephemeral and just coming one in one ear and out the other as weightless as air with no value whatsoever. Well, have you, it's really great. You what a great a connection. Hipster. This little plasticky boy. Oh, man, I love my plastic circle. It is, it's <laughs> you amazing. you got to go full hipster and start buying records, dude. Well, apparently the Zoomers have started buying CDs again. So right. they are coming back. I, I have heard that. But it's, and but someone shamed me for buying CDs, uh, buying, I'm sorry, DVDs, because it's bad for the environment. This is this is what I'm being told. Yeah, it is, but whatever. Um, How is it bad for the Just the... I, I don't a know. Lot of plastic. Uh, your yeah. Scrooge will eventually end up in the ocean, mm-hmm. but it's fine. I mean, I mean, that type. I mean, it's like you just spilled your water bottle on the Titanic. Is yeah. kind of what, what <laughs> is How dare you yes. spill it? Now there's water all over this boat. That, that's exactly my thinking, Crane. It's all going to end up in the ocean. And just like us one day. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's true. Wow. <laughs> Indianapolis. Tell you what, the Indianapolis Colts of the Minnesota Vikings isn't going to end up at the ocean. The Vikings, who I think are 10 and 3 with like a plus one point differential, are at home and are somehow only four point favorites against the team with the high school coach. We're going rapid fire on this game. You each have one minute to tell me what you think is important about Colts at Vikings. We'll begin with Patrick Crane. Uh, Colts at Vikings, yeah. Uh, 
All right. So, <laughs> stalling. Uh, I, loving, stalling. Loving to talk about this game. All right. Justin Jefferson, obviously an absolute smash. Only uh, Tyreek Hill has a higher yards per out run now after his explosion last week. Uh, Cousins had the highest EPA per play of week 14. Colts have been a run funnel, but the Vikings have been pass first. They've had more success through the air than on the ground. I don't think they'll get like completely swept up by that. We should see some decent passing volume for the Vikings still. Uh, Hawkinson looks like the clear secondary option. I think he's a good bet this week. Michael Pittman on the Colts side looks solid. He's literally run every single route in the Jeff Saturday era, 100% route participation in every game. Um, his target rate's kind of whatever, but he gets all the routes. Alec Pierce is looking kind of interesting again. He has route rates of 74% and 75% over the last two weeks. He has the same target rate as Paris Campbell over the last four weeks at 18%, which isn't great, but he has a downfield 8 out of 12.8. That gives him access to big plays. I don't think he's a terrible dart throw op- option against a weak Vikings secondary. By the way, everyone's yelling at me about having Michael Pittman ranked too low. I was like the wide receiver 30. Like he, he's had more than 60 yards like one time in two months. Like the, the but touchdown he's had less odds, than 60 yards once or twice in the past. The, the touchdown odds are like 0.9% in this offense. I don't understand why yeah. anyone would still be excited about starting. You might have to still start him since he's catching four or five passes. You might have. We're, might not have any better options, but I, I could not believe people were caping up uh, for Michael Pittman this week. Well, it's like so, a fairly so, like high floor ish. He's because he's going to be out there all the time. But who, I mean, who cares? I mean, who cares? <laughs> like, right. uh, weren't child. you guys yelling at me for not playing Broncos last week? Like, oh, what about the floor of Latavius Murray's touches? Oh my god, that, that was just me. I was telling yeah. you to start Cherry Judy, buddy. <laughs> I was also told to start Greg Dulcich. So, Kyle, you yeah, got forty-five seconds to tell us about this well. game. That's fine, uh, Dalvin Cook. He's still good, but how good is he? He's 13th in yards after contact per attempt, 21st in missed tackles forced per attempt out of 58 running backs. There's still strong numbers, but they're not super elite. And his yards after contact per carry is a career low. On the other hand, his missed tackles forced and his 10 plus uh, yard carry rate, just long runs, are about in line with his other seasons. I think maybe there's a slight dip in his efficiency this year in terms of like what he's actually doing on the field to make big plays and to make defenders miss. But it's not something that would make you believe he should only have two, which I believe he does, two 100-yard rushing games. I think he should bounce back on the ground. The real problem is the ceiling of him as a receiver has just kind of evaporated. I mean, he is averaging 2.2 catches per game, and he's less efficient through the air. He's got a career low in, uh, in yards per target and yards per reception. So in terms of do we expect a boom game on the ground again before the end of the year? Yeah, I don't think he's that much different than he's been in years past. But is he the three down back? I thought I was getting probably not. Uh, Colts uh, six most extreme run funnel defense this season, so we could see them try at least the Vikings at least pretend to establish it, which which uh, I'm not I'm not so sure about. But yeah, I want to talk about Adam Thielen real quick uh, because I, I could you know why? Because I love bad plays. Okay, and I I never I will never play I will never play the best plays, and <laughs> Adam Thielen. Uh, low-key good play, I think, against an Indianapolis secondary that plays a lot of single high safety against that sort of coverage. Thielen has a 24% uh, target uh, target share this this season. That's way above his 15% target share against two high safeties. So, you know, you, you, you get a little PPR scam action, I think, with Thielen. I, I actually love Thielen and Hawkinson for that reason in this game. 
I will say if you must start Michael Pittman, it's at least against Vikings pass defense that bleeds a ton of yardage. Maybe some maybe some people even play Alec Pierce. I have no idea why you would play anyone voluntarily from the Colts passing game, but something you can do maybe against a bad pass defense. The Ravens visit the Cleveland Browns as three-point underdogs, one of this week's four games totaled under 40 points, currently at 38 Danny Carter. Yeah. What, if anything, do we need to know about Ravens at Browns? Where Tyler Huntley, thankfully, will at least be starting right. from the, the Ravens has cleared the concussion protocol. Right. And, and that's important for the whole game environment here because at least there's uh, somewhat of a chance for the, you know, the Ravens and, and the Browns to push each other maybe uh, a little bit. I know the total is ugly and everything. Um, Browns offensive coordinator Alex Van Pelt said this week that Sean Watson should uh, throw deep a little more. They're going to build that into the uh, game plan going forward. Uh, that would make sense as uh, he has one of the lowest rates of downfield throws over the past two weeks. You know, obviously those are his only two games of the season. He's completed, uh, let's see, a one one uh, pass of over 20 yards <laughs> uh, and threw an, in- an interception on the other. Um, you know, more downfield throwing, definitely positive development for Donovan Peoples-Jones, who paced the team last week with a dozen targets it's obviously good for amari cooper too in fact uh, people's jones and cooper have combined for 64 percent of the browns air yards this season that's even with david and joker having a good game last weekend too so it, we have probably seen the nadir of the browns passing attack under deshaun watson crane what, what are your facts on browns or browns ravens so the Ravens are kind of an interesting team because they look like moderately run heavy by pass rate over expected. But I was looking at just like their expected pass rate and they have a 58% expected pass rate. Only the Chiefs and Eagles are lower. Ravens aren't like as good as those teams, but they just ended up in a lot of these games where like it's kind of like not a lot going on and you can just mm-hmm. run the ball. Um, they rank 25th in pass rate this year. I think we would see them kind of establishing it like it would look like they're establishing it more if they were in different game scripts i think this could be one of those game scripts especially if the browns are opening things up on the other side as, as denny laid out you know that they may they might do Huntley a quarterback maybe they aren't like extremely run heavy but uh, i do think they'll be kind of trying to be somewhat conservative here uh the ravens defense is stronger against the run than the pass so that would be all the more reason for the browns to go a little bit more pass heavy uh, this week. And they opened things up a little bit last week. They had a minus 2% pass rate expected, but they were passed first on first down. So maybe they do start to move towards the pass like they did last week. Kyle Dvorak. Uh, doubling down on what Kareem said about how we expect the Ravens to play this game. The Browns are one of the worst defenses in the NFL against the run, both in fantasy points allowed, which they rank third to last or for running backs, third best and an EPA per rush attempt there among the bottom teams as well. And I know the long run didn't like it visually. It looks better on the dots. Denny, I think yeah, it looked a lot this. better on the, the dots. J.K. Dobbins long run <laughs> looks a lot better on the on the dots when you can't see yeah. the physical aesthetics. I actually get play. why you don't watch the games now. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There are some unsightly things. That no. Yeah, you don't no want to see that. See that. No what you do want to see is a good matchup for J.K. Dobbins. And I think that's over a little bit if you're really desperate. But you want to see J.K. Dobbins in a good matchup coming off a game in which he saw exactly half of the team's running back carries. And in games where he's seen at least 10 carries in his career, he's averaging 15 fantasy points. So it's 
I I know it looked ugly, right? But we play for we play for the fantasy points and not as much the aesthetics. So I think you're firing up J.K. Dobbins this week and Gus Edwards, kind of too. I mean, coming off 13 carries, it's the same matchup that's good for J.K. Dobbins. So I don't hate it if you're desperate. Yeah, I, I think playing a points per aesthetics league. <laughs> that sounds very modernist. We should do that. I think Dobbins <laughs> is top thirty. Gus Edwards is top forty. Yeah, there's going to be a big time run game commitment. I'm sure the weather will be. I'm sure the weather will be really nice in Cleveland, Ohio, on a just Saturday in December. Uh, under really, really good passing conditions. I'm sure. So yeah, I think we will see a run game commitment from the. I almost said the Baltimore Orioles from the Baltimore Ravens. The Pittsburgh Steelers traveling to the bank. Uh, Bank of America Stadium, Protect Carolina them. Panthers. Yet another game under 40, currently 37 and a half. Panthers are three-point favorites, Denny Carter. I mean, what kind of sick facts could a mind only like yours come up with for this game? Yeah, no, it's a sick game, disgusting game on every level. I mean, I mean, I, I actually – I pray that you don't assign me this game is all, I, is all I'll <laughs> say. Uh, look, Steelers are a run funnel, and the Panthers over the past three games are – like the most extremely run heavy team in league history. Uh, they are 15% under their expected pass rate over those three games, 14% their expected pass rate on first downs. So they're just constantly running it no matter what. I think, you know, unless game script goes haywire here, I just can't imagine that really happening between these two teams. But I think both Deontay Foreman and Chuba Hubbard have have something of a path to volume last week. Uh, they combined for 35 rushes against the Seahawks 21 for Foreman 14 uh for for Hubbard so I and and Hubbard's past game involvement I think gives him a little boost as well so I think you can start uh both I think uh, in, in 12 team leagues um this week but overall just a really ga- a game to avoid if if possible game to avoid but Patrick football crane what are some of the facts we need to know about <clears throat> excuse me about the game to avoid as I enter day 25 of the flu <laughs> We might be getting Mr. Bisky at quarterback, uh, but he's actually been more efficient than Kenny Pickett this season. He ranks 28th in EPA per play. Pickett ranks 30th. Kenny Pickett has been bad, folks. He's been bad. Uh, he's been more accurate than Trubisky. Pickett's accuracy has been okay and gives him like a little bit of hope. But uh, who cares if he's accurate? Because he's not efficient and he's not playing this week probably, so there's no hope. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's not, not a very well-timed sip of coffee for me. <laughs> uh, Sam Darnold has been shockingly good, only 50 plays for him, but he's still 13th in EPA per play among quarterbacks with at least 50 plays, fourth in completion percentage over expected, getting a Steelers defense that ranks 20th in EPA lap per drop back. DJ Moore uh, ruined us last week. Uh, he'll probably ruin us again. 100% route participation for two straight weeks, though. I, I, I don't think it's crazy. And he's playing. He seemed like he was originally going to be out, but now it never seemed like he was even remotely questionable with his ankle injury. He will be out there, Kyle. Yeah, he uh, he got like a limit or maybe even a full practice start the week. So it seems like the the ankle, I think, MRI he got on Monday seems like it was just a precaution. Uh, DJ Moore, the second time in his career, had zero catches last week. And the first was the very first game he played. And so you love to see that come full circle. The narrative arc is just beautiful. Are you I will his say his career's over? Uh, boy, with Sam Darnold <laughs> in the center, it kind of feels like it. I will say he saw 36% of the air yards last week. Didn't convert on literally one of them. That's unless you play in your air yards only leagues. Um, it didn't go great for you. And the reason is very obvious is that 
whenever Sam Darnold had to move the ball more than one yard downfield, it didn't go well. The team the team was led in catches by LaVisca Chenault with negative two air yards and Chubba Hubbard with three air yards. I I kind of agree that like math brain says all the air yards, pretty solid target share. You should fire up DJ Moore. But the aesthetics, this is an aesthetics only league bench. Yeah. I'll say that. He's benched in the aesthetics only leagues. But Denny, how do you pronounce uh, at la- at late round QB's last name, also known as JJ? Yeah, Zacharyson. Zachary, this is the JJ Zacharyson Bowl here between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Carolina. I'm assuming he'll be in attendance. And I, I don't think he would subject himself to that. No, uh, he's never though, been, to- even though they are giving out the uh, tickets for free. I hear yeah, he's never been to a game, never will be to a game, just like yeah. anyone. They're outside. Um, actually, I was down. I was down by the stadium recently, and they're outside trapping people in nets and just forcing them into the stadium. <laughs> I forgot <laughs> Kyle Dvorak, also a resident of Greater Charlotte. That's pretty good. Coming off back-to-back clunkers, the Dolphins arrive in snowy Buffalo as touchdown plus underdogs. Kyle, what is going on with the Dolphins' a passing attack, and how might it get fixed against the Mighty Bills? I This doesn't look like the strongest matchup for a lot of reasons. For but two, it's not the cut. Yeah, currently forecast, I believe, for nine inches of snow. Yeah, I was, that was like the final cherry on top I had, was that even if you sort of just buy into the fact that they're really good. The weather looks terrible, but I will say we've seen two of the past three weeks have been to his highest pressure rates of the season. Those have also lined up with his highest aid of the season. And it's not like he's a bad deep thrower, but he is not good under pressure. He's 26 in yards per attempt and 19th in PFF passing grade. And both teams last week ended up playing a lot of zone coverage against him. He has just eviscerated man coverage. Teams didn't give it to him as much the past two weeks. I know the Chargers play a ton of man, and they ended up faking man on a lot of plays, but then ended up dropping into zone. And and two struggled with that. They clogged up the middle of the field. And the 49ers, even if they didn't have as strong of like a correction to their strategy, specifically for Tua, were just a strong defense. But this is another zone-heavy, strong defense. And now we have terrible, seemingly terrible weather. I'm still starting. I mean, I'm still starting Tyreek and Waddle. And most are without Jeff Wilson looks good. You're probably still starting Tua, right? Probably, probably. I don't. I don't know. I've been. I actually was mulling this the other day, right? Yeah. I. I, I think that it's time. Like, especially you know, it's fantasy playoffs. Like, I. I cannot roll out Tua in a, a potential snowstorm with maybe the league having figured out how to stop that middle of the field stuff that the Dolphins were doing so so well. I mean that it just it just seems like a confluence of really disturbing events for Tua. Like, yeah. I'm actually considering. I mean. I hope you don't cut my mic and I hope I keep my job. But uh, if I had Tua, I would consider starting Matt Ryan. Oh, oh God. I thought okay. you were saying no, Mike White Mike. or something. I was going to say Mike White, too. I thought Mike White oh was the winner. <laughs> Come on. It's a good environment. I know. That's, no, no that's environment with Matt Ryan in it is yeah. good. That's part of the factor of the environment is who's in it. It's like, that oh, it's a great party. It's at a great venue, but only clowns are showing up. It's just evil clown people. I oh, just needed, I needed one great. of you. I needed one of you to just arch an eyebrow. Hmm. I, I think we all thought maybe he's going to say Mike White. You know, maybe he'll say Brock Purdy. 
No, I wouldn't know. I'm not saying Brock, Brock Purdy. Purdy. You might have got me with, yeah. 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 I mean, maybe Tyler Blake. Huntley, because then you could have been like, he's going to run, guys. Yeah, he's going to sure. run. He's yeah, run. you could have named so many guys. Like Daniel Jones, like, he's going to run. Oh, so many eyebrows. No, I would, I would have barfed on Daniel Jones too. This is no. much worse. Yeah, I, mean, I was going to say, I, I don't really think he can bench too because of. I mean, I, I knew the replacement options were bad. They're not as bad as Matt Ryan. Yeah. All right. All right. I don't think. You, I don't really think you can bench too. Still, but. Wow. Yeah, the lawyers, I mean, I'm, my phone's <laughs> blowing up. Like, they're, they're in a state of shock. You know, the you holidays are getting close. from the record, Denny. Yeah. Uh, they're actually uh, banging on my door. I so the holidays are yeah. getting close. They thought they were going to finally get some times with their family. And this is... Uh, this is <laughs> Sorry about that. This is what you do. <laughs> Crane, you had the correct dope on the Bills' backfield last week. Has anything changed between James Cook and Devin Singletary heading into week 15? <laughs> um <laughs> we have a dog in the we have a dog, for, dog for the audio here. listener uh Karen's dog Murph or Murphy which one is Murphy. it Murphy uh was Murphy. really interested to the point where his nose was into Karen's ear uh but you understand it cuz Karen had the totally the right read on the back he wanted to see what's going on in this brain you know as <laughs> <laughs> I nailed it so good <laughs> No, I actually don't really think I nailed it. Uh, James Cook had a 41% snap share last week, which is just 2% lower than against the Patriots. So, yes, he only had five touches, but he was out there, you know, in line with with what he flashed. Now, he didn't build on that. Um, so, you know, some skepticism there, but uh, that did come through. But uh, I don't know if we, like, need him to necessarily be out there for 50% plus of snaps if the Bills are aggressive in this game and there's a path to him seeing more playing time if Naheem Hines goes away he saw his uh, snap share decline from 31% to 17% last week Uh, if Hines goes away it should open up more receiving snaps specifically which would be very good for Cook the Dolphins are much stronger against the run than the pass I think under like normal weather conditions there would be no doubt that the Bills would be going very aggressive to the passing game in this matchup expecting Tua to put up points on the other side you know, maybe the weather screws that up, but I still, you know, it's the Bills. Like, they're not afraid of the weather. No. So I, I think we'll still probably see a, a pass-heavy script here from the Bills, and, and that helps out Cook. Denny, I hesitate to go back to you yeah. after what just happened. Yeah. But, uh, give me a, a chance at redemption, please. I'll give you a chance at redemption by updating the Dolphins' backfield. Jeff Wilson, they called him day-to-day, but as of Thursday, he's yet to practice. Seems right. all but certain to sit against the Bills. Leaving the backfield, Raheem Mostert, who was kind of – Seemed like he was wearing down before they added in Jeff Wilson. I guess the backups, maybe Miles Gaskin. Like, wh- what do we tell people about the Dolphins' backfield? Well, uh, really, it's only interesting if one guy gets most of the work. Uh, so the, the the split leaves so little um, for for both guys that uh, if Wilson is out, then Mostert becomes interesting. But otherwise, I think you need to look elsewhere. I don't, you know, game script, I don't think sets up well at all for, for this team. And also this is a team, one of the few teams that, that passes when they're ahead. So even if game script did go well, I, I there's a possibility they still wouldn't run it uh, against Buffalo. Last week, Mostert had 44 yards on 12 touches with Jeff Wilson leaving in the third quarter against the Chargers. Uh, Mostert, you know, notably he started the game. He seemed to run as the starter until Wilson had a couple decent runs in the um, I think in the, in the second half right before his injury um, but the and, and neither of these backs are really involved in the Miami passing game uh, Mostert and Wilson have combined for 40 targets this season total I it's just it's really hard I, I tried before the show to come up with a scenario 
where Mostert is super, super interesting. And I just, I, I can't, although if you have them, you can play them as a flex, obviously in 12 team leagues. Yeah. Yeah. Crane, are you going to say something? Well, you can, you couldn't go with a scenario where Mostert's interesting, but you're doubting Matt Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I can envision. I can envision Matt Ryan having a decent game. I can also envision wow. Alex. Can you envision it? Because I literally haven't visioned it yet. <laughs> I see it behind my eyes. If I close my eyes, I could see Matt Ryan throwing for three hundred yards and two touchdowns. Denny's mind's eye is a very sick place, troubled, <laughs> tortured place. Before we get off this game, does anyone want to defend Gabe Davis, or is that just over? He runs a lot of routes. Yep. Look, it's, hey, it's so he, bleak, boy, does that guy play a lot of snaps with Josh Allen? Yeah. That's that's man. how. Yep. Points per route leagues, he's wide receiver one. He's Chris Hoganing very very hardcore. Yeah. I mean, he's a uh, uh, the ESPN's open score. I was looking at that the other day. He's like like the fourth worst open score in the in the league. Uh, man, he got hurt early in the year. His ankles. Don't never with the same. this. He got hurt. Stuff. <laughs> no, he's never the same. He'll be roaring back in twenty twenty three. By the way, can I just want to point out now that we're talking about open score. Uh, Julio Jones and AJ Green are the two lowest in the NFL, which isn't that kind of perfect, you know? Remember they came in the same same year. They're the two stars that class. Now, now they're the two worst receivers in the league. Life uh, comes at you quite quickly. It really, really does. Comes at you quite quickly. Crane, the kids call that preying on their downfall, as as they'd yeah. say. No, I'm I'm happy that they're reunited. That's all. Oh man, this, this you could be mean. happier if they're reunited anywhere other than dead last. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, come on, man. Come on, man. Listen, the vibes are off with what Crane just said. That's all. They are. They are <laughs> oh, no. Bad, bad vibes. The Chicago Bears come off by as nearly 10-point underdogs in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Patrick Crane. We are at least excited to get Justin Fields back in the fold. Should be a lot healthier with the shoulder after the bye. Break this game down for us. Well, it's always fun when I have to start incorporating weather into the walkthrough stuff. Oh, I, I generally forget to do that until the end. I go, cool, got to rewrite that part. Um, do do want to note with the weather that um, that it's going to affect this game a little bit. Looks like mm-hmm. we're looking at some mild winds, some cold temperatures, but it doesn't seem anything crazy. Uh, with that in mind, I really like this spot for the Eagles. Hopefully, that you know moderate weather condition stays stays as is and doesn't get any worse because uh, this Bears defense is just so, so bad. They rank dead last in EPA allowed per drop back. The crucial thing here when you're talking about a, a matchup with the Eagles is that the Bears cannot get to the passer. They are 32nd in PFF's pass rush grades. They are 30th in quick pressure rate. The uh, Achilles heel for the Eagles offense all season has been their ability to protect Hurts particularly at allowing quick pressures. They are allowing quick pressure at the fifth highest rate. They're not going to have any trouble protecting Hertz here. In spots like this, they have tended to go with a downfield passing attack. We saw this against the Steelers. We saw this against the Titans. Could be somewhat similar where they're you know, dropping back, aggressively attacking downfield, knowing that Hertz is going to have time to throw. Sends up as a potential explosion spot for the Eagles offense. And as good as we all know Hertz has been, his accuracy has been kind of stunning. He ranks second in completion percentage over, over expected behind only Gina, yeah, Gino Smith. So, I mean, like if he has time to throw, he's getting his receivers open downfield and he's hitting them on target. There's just a ton of uh, potential for fantasy scoring here. These guys are getting open, by the way. A.J. Brown ranks second in ESPN's open score 
Devontae Smith ranks 20th purely in terms of getting open. This duo ranks higher than the Dolphins guys, where Tyreek Hill's wide receiver four and Waddle's wide receiver 30. So this duo is like really, really strong. And with Dallas Goddard out, it's been super concentrated. And we also have Miles Sanders as a viable starter this week. Uh, he's going against a, P- a defense that ranks dead last in PFF's run defense grades. The Bears can't stop anything no matter what you're doing. This is kind of a start all your Eagles type of week. Uh, on the Bears side, difficult matchup for Justin Fields. Uh, the Eagles rank second in EPL out per drop back, but they are not very good against the run. 29th in success rate. They were awesome against the Titans two weeks ago. Back down. They've also had the the 12th most quarterback rushing yards. I don't know how truly telling that is, but. Well, they're about to allow some more, I think. Uh, They, they were, they were back to mediocre against the run last week after, you know, totally shutting down the Titans. So I I don't think, I feel like that's kind of a blip and the Jordan Davis, uh, Jordan Davis being back has been good for them, but I don't think it's like a game changer. This is still not a very good run defense. Uh, it's, as far as like how to play that, you know, David Montgomery's volume-based RB2. Fields is still somewhat interesting just based purely on the rushing equity. Uh, through the passing game, it's not great. But uh, I will note, despite all this news about Chase Claypool, like not knowing the offense after six weeks and a bye week, uh, I, I, I kind of wonder if like that's just sort of BS or like they're trying to downplay the expectations knowing they have to lean on him because he's, he, he's also not practicing, by the way. Okay. All right. Well, that's not good. Maybe he's yeah. just completely out of favor. But he, yeah, he did he have 82% like, route participation before the bye. So, I don't know. He was hilariously hurt in that game. He went down with, like, screaming knee pain, sat out two or three drives, and I was blurbing this game, and I'm like, oh, I got to write an in-game injury blurb. More work for me to do. But they never listed him as questionable. And he just hmm. came back in and caught a bunch of negative yard screens. It was uh, not the greatest setup. It's weird. Yeah, he has yet to resume practicing. Hopefully for the Bears' sake, he does play this weekend. Uh, oh, yeah, he didn't practice today either. Okay. I yeah. Hmm. But Devontae Smith, by the way, is ninth in receiving in the four games since Dallas Goddard went down injured. So he has been running quite, quite hot. Yeah, I also, I, I get a lot of questions on Twitter this week about, like, do I play Goddard if, when he comes back? Yeah, you play Goddard. Like, <laughs> yeah, you would. I mean, still- even if his route rate is a little down coming back from the injury, like you're still playing, you play all your Eagles that the bears defense is an abomination. You play. It's an abomination. It's gotten worse as the season's gone on. Like it's, it's truly horrific. Uh, Last note is, especially if you don't have Claypool, uh, Komet has route rates of 93% and 96% over the last Mm -hmm. two weeks. Those are high for like wide receivers. Mm -hmm. So to get a tight end running that many routes, his target share is like, very whatever, but that's that's pretty sweet. So as far as bring back options go, there's essentially none other than him. Uh, and I'm playing this game in DFS. Yeah, Justin Fields rumbles down into the red zone. Cole Komet is going to be the finisher at the goal line. So yeah, I hope Chase Claypool plays, but does not seem likely at the moment. Denny Carter, the Chiefs arrive in Houston as the latest two touchdown favorites. What is there to know other than it is Rex Burkhead season for the Houston Texans? <laughs> yeah, well, I saw your note there. And I, 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 I even as a, a Burkhead guy, some are calling me, I would say, <laughs> you know, pump the brakes a little bit on Burkhead season because uh, Dari Agumbawale is still there, probably taking up the uh, passing down snaps. Uh, so we have, we have a weird situation, first of all, uh, with Brandon Cooks. Okay, so uh, Aaron Wilson, longtime Texans, the writer uh, said on Wednesday that Cooks is out. Cooks is not playing this week. And then he was in full pads practicing on Thursday. So, Wait, what? 
We we're looking into it strongly, but uh, uh, he may or may not play. If Brandon Cooks plays, I guess you can assume he's going to get a full uh, share of uh, snaps and routes. You know, you go ahead and you play him in likely massive negative game script. Um, if not, uh, well, even even if he plays, Chris Moore should continue being fantasy relevant. Chris Moore, of course, caught 10 of 11 targets for 124 yards, 93% route rate last week against Dallas. Nico Collins is expected to miss this game against the Chiefs with a foot injury. Uh, so, you know, I, I do I do think Moore stays relevant because of the Nico Collins injury. But Moore is a really, really good play if uh, Cooks is out. Um, shifting over to the uh, KC back. I was wondering if you were going to talk about the Chiefs, the uh, good team. I'm really sorry. <laughs> what, what did you ask me here? <laughs> oh, you mean you mean the guy who pumped up Matt Ryan earlier in the show? Wanted to spend <laughs> a few the whole on time the on the Texans. I did ask a really loaded question, yeah. putting Rex Burkhead in the write-up. Uh, so sorry about that. You, well, you you're lucky. I didn't just spend 11 minutes talking about Jeff Driscoll. I know. Okay, because <laughs> I, I wanted to. He's tight end eligible on, on Yahoo is all I'm saying. Oh my gosh. Don't put that out there. No, I'm, I'm putting it out there. Cause he, he's an elite play. If he's, if he, you can play him at tight end. We got to work right. on uh, position reform. <laughs> Listen. Uh, so yeah, both Pacheco and McKinnon are interesting here. Uh, Pacheco, let's see. Uh, Houston allows the eighth highest rate of positive rush plays. They're the league's second most extreme run funnel defense only behind the Cowboys. Uh, Pacheco in a similar spot a few weeks ago against the Rams had 23 touches, uh, you know, McKinnon in, in that spot against the Rams. He also had a nice day catching seven passes for 112 yards and two touchdowns while seeing six, six carries. Uh, I, I think, you know, both of them, both of them are playable, but Pacheco really is a strong, very strong play. I think, you know, has a ton of upside against what is the league's worst run defense. We love our Isaiah Pacheco, don't we folks? We also love our breaks. We'll be right back after this. You haven't heard about the McCrispy yet? Well then, you probably haven't heard the sweet silence after the first crispy bite either. Go try it for yourself to hear the best not sound you've ever heard. Is there such a thing as a traveler? Not a Delta. Because we know on one flight, Mike in 8C prefers reality TV to reality. So we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. While on the flight after, 8C is occupied by Jen, whose favorite snack is tea. That's why we provide fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi available for SkyMiles members. Because at Delta, we know. Refill? Everyone flies their own way. Delta. Keep climbing. Free Wi-Fi available on most domestic flights. Terms of use apply. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Just a reminder, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app, go download it now. The contests are free and easy to play, and you have a shot to win thousands this weekend by predicting what will happen in college football on the PGA Tour and in the World Cup. There's also $100,000 up for grabs by guessing the outcome between the Giants and Commanders in our Sunday Night 7 contest. I had to inform some of the participants on this show that there was only a one game left in the World Cup in a Sunday morning, and they were quite what sad about that. Because they want to watch on Sunday morning. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, no, there's just only one game left. That didn't bother me. Bring it home, Lionel. Just, just bring it home, Lionel. That would be pretty sweet. Yeah, bring it home. Bring it home to the Americas. The Jaguars host the Cowboys as home dogs in one of Week 15's most fascinating games, Denny. The Jags have tended to roll bad teams and get rolled by good ones. Yeah. Is there any way they can get their passing game rolling against this monster Cowboys defense? Absolutely not. No, uh, it's. I mean, it's it's a really bad spot. You know, I, uh, looking looking very strongly into the numbers here. Uh, uh, ugly matchup. Def- uh, Dallas defense allows the fourth fourth lowest dropback EPA since Week Ten. The Cowboys lead the league in pressure rate. And let me tell you, Trevor Lawrence has been pretty bad under pressure. He is PFF's sixth lowest graded quarterback against pressure this season, completing fifty percent of his passes. He's thrown three interceptions to only two touchdowns when facing pressure the the only the only out here i think for trevor lawrence and the jaguars uh passing game because i i just can't i mean yes the cowboys are a a run funnel so keep that in mind damian pierce did okay against them before his injury last week uh so you know we'll get to etn in a second let me just stick with the passing game uh you know cowboys opponents are averaging 65 offensive plays per game that's the ninth my ninth highest mark in the league and the Jaguars are giving up the seventh most offensive plays per game. So maybe you get some volume to the point where Lawrence becomes playable. But on the surface, it couldn't be worse for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, you know, it's I think it's fine for Zay Jones. It's fine for uh, Christian Kirk. Not good for Evan Ingram, by the way. I know you're playing him if you have him, I think. But uh, Evan Ingram is facing you know one of the uh, deep defenses that have been the toughest against tight ends this season. You're not going to play the tight end four by overall points. Uh, curious. Hmm, curious. I, I won't play elite Evan Ingram. Yeah, I thought you only looked at the dots. Well, I, I've looked. You know what dot I've been looking at lately? I've been looking at the Jeff Driscoll dot. dot. <laughs> oh no, man! Play hey. Jeff Driscoll. I would play Jeff Driscoll over Matt Ryan. By the way, I, no, not in not no man. The whole well, tight end. I blame him even at quarterback. I'm saying if my choices at quarterback were Jeff Driscoll or Matt Ryan, that's cheating, yeah. dude. You're trying to cheat. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'm fine with it. I love it, in fact. Denny's a disgusting scam artist. Kyle, <laughs> what's going on with Travis Etienne? Denny mentioned the Cowboys are on funnel. Yeah, I mean, in the past two games, because three weeks ago he left with the air, maybe it's three games ago, I don't remember if they had a bye. Who cares? We're at week 94 of the season. We're so close <laughs> to the end. In his past two games, Etienne ranks top five among all running backs in snap share, top five in attempt share, and red zone attempt share. Bad news is he hasn't been like a particularly special running back this year. He's 20th in explosive run rate. He's 31st in yards after contact per attempt. But like we said, this looks like a funnel matchup. So at least if he's not going to be elite as a running back, he's going to get a ton of volume in this game if they do end up playing into the funnel that is the Dallas never throw against them Cowboys team. On the other hand, if they don't, if they don't capitulate to that and they are playing from behind and passing, He's 34th in yards per route run among running backs, and he plays a lot of pass blocking snaps. Like he runs a decent amount of routes, but he also spends a lot of his of his passing down snaps. Pass blocking, he's eighth overall in pass blocking snaps. So I wouldn't count on if you think Trevor Lawrence throws 40 times this game. I, I don't think they'd want to play into the Dallas hand that much. But if they do end up playing from behind for a lot and they just have no choice but to throw, that would be kind of a rough run out for ETN because he's just not getting the ball a ton through the air. Crane, is there anything interesting going on behind CeeDee Lamb and the Cowboys passing attack or just not enough volume for Michael Gallup? I mean, Dalton Schultz, we know we're starting. Uh, T.Y. Hilton apparently making his Cowboys debut this week. Uh, anything <laughs> going on behind CeeDee Lamb? 
Well, this is, I think, kind of a real like crossroads for the Cowboys in terms of if they're actually going. They haven't had a single positive pass rate ever expected all season. They're only one of three teams that haven't had once gone past first. Are they going to go past first here? They're against a Jaguars defense that's absolutely terrible against the pass. They really should. Dak has played very well this year. So if there's a volume, then I think there are some interesting guys here. But I, I don't know that we can count on it. They seem they seem very consistent with being run first. Yeah. Uh, however, Dalton Schultz definitely jumps out to me. Uh, he's had route rates of 90% and 88% over the last two weeks. So that gives him, I think, elite tight end upside in this matchup. Um, Michael Gallup, I will note, has a 6.4 yards per target, which is three yards lower than expected for his 12.8 ADOT. That's like a lot lower. He's drastically underperforming his per route target volume. Uh, I think this is a spot where we could see some efficiency from Michael Gallup, just given how bad the Jaguars are at defending the pass. But he, I think, is more fragile. You know, you're burning a more valuable wide receiver flex spot on him. But, you know, I... I I do think they could potentially go past first. They should. So that would put uh, Gallup in play as well. Well, Cowboys, please, just for once, play entertaining offense. Uh, You're supposed to be one of the best teams in the league. One time. Yeah, just one time. Two of 2022's most frustrating team, the Patriots and Raiders, square off in Vegas in a game that is close to a pick'em. Kyle Dvorak, tell the folks what they need to know other than Bill Belichick cannot wait to eat his former protege's lunch, Josh McDaniels. Yeah, yeah. this game kind of goes down as an injury game in which, like, especially for, like, the Raiders, you you know what to do. You play Josh Jacobs, you play Devontae Adams. You play Matt Collins, Mm, et cetera. cetera. Okay, (laughs) so let's not – I actually – I normally do think Matt Collins is fine. He, you know, he's Gabe Davis for a not-Josh-Allen guy, so it's whatever. But this is a a truly uh, back-breaking matchup. Patriots are number one in pass EPA on defense, and they're number nine in run EPA, too. They're just a really strong defense on all fronts. So I'm only playing the guys who I can lock in a ton of volume from the Raiders. We may end up getting, I think they both, they activate, I know they activated both, or well, they designated to return, both Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller. I mean, we're talking about Jeff Driscoll as a tight end. You could play Darren Waller. I think it would be a a risky play for sure. We just don't know what he'll come back to. And we even know that early in the year, his role wasn't elite. He was only 13th in target share. He was fourth in air yards. The one benefit of having Devontae Adams is they were able to move Darren Waller around a bit more. They were able to use him deeper. So we'd have some big play upside, even if it's a really tough defensive matchup. And tight end's terrible. So why not? You know, have, have fun with it. He'd be top 15. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if I'd be comfortable throwing him back into tight end one range. But all you need is a few teams in your league to have two tight end ones, which isn't hard because there's a lot of bad tight end ones. And you'd be in a spot where maybe you start Darren Waller. So that's only obviously just check up on this site, little site I run called rotoworld.com. See if <laughs> Thanks for running that, play. man. Yeah, I know. Thank you. Thank, you. <laughs> Thank you for recognizing it finally. You're the first one. Other side of the ball, Devontae Parker and Ramondre Stevenson did not practice start the week. Parker doing a concussion. I, I'd be shocked if he plays. Ramondre also doesn't look super likely. And Damian Harris was back at practice. I'm not sure entirely what role we'd see from Damian Harris. He's really struggled just to stay healthy this year. I wouldn't expect him to get a full-time role. Pierre Strong, who came out of college looking like, could play all three downs. He wouldn't play all three downs every snap in a game, but he's a strong pass catcher and a decent runner. Maybe it would take some of that Ramondre role, but I wouldn't really bet on anyone other than Damian Harris. 
I think if, depending on what receiving room we get from this team, because Jacoby Myers dealing with concussion, but got in what seemed like the most limited practice. He wasn't spotted at the open portion of practice for media, but did get called limited on uh, Wednesday. So if he's in the lineup, you're definitely playing. The Raiders defense is one of the worst against the pass, bottom three in EPA allowed. And if he doesn't play and Parker doesn't play, I'm even fine throwing some darts on like a Tyquan Thornton type or even Nelson Aguilar. So I thought you were going to maybe say, say Aguilar, who probably would see like six to eight targets mm-hmm. in that scenario. He'd run almost every route for the team. We wouldn't uh, love I, it. I heard a, a stat about Mac Jones the other day. It kind of blew my mind. Uh, since he came back into the starting job for New England, Mac Jones, uh, 31% of his attempts have been at or behind the line of scrimmage. Oof. That's just just shocking. I mean, and no rain. To... Don't you oof? That's how our Ramondre teams made the playoffs in best ball. That's right. <laughs> That's true. Although we'd love for him to be able to play this week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And also, I again, you know, I would love if Ramondre is able to play again if he could gain more than one yard. Per <laughs> yard. <laughs> he was gonna. All his backups had great games in the game. I know. <laughs> would be quite uh, nice. So, Kyle, if Damian Harris doesn't go. And I guess he looks like he probably will, but yeah. if he doesn't, how would what's your read on it? Pierre I Strong think, season. Uh, I didn't Kevin Harris out carry him yeah. last week. It's Kevin, uh, it's Kevin Harris. I mean, I think it would be a true committee. We would get the full time. Bill Belichick's been dying to throw out a committee because he hasn't got to do the committee shtick yeah. much this year. I think we would see more Kevin Harris on the ground by like maybe a considerable margin. But Pierre Strong, like profile, is a good pass catcher coming out of college. So I think it would be a true committee in which okay. uh, Kevin Harris gets the, at least the lead in carries and probably snaps. Maybe the Raiders would just let the Patriots use Josh Jacobs for 20 touches there. They use him for 30, get him up to 50 touches, maybe mm-hmm. make it a little more even. Uh, he's averaging actually 30 touches over the past five weeks, by the Jeez. way. Um, absolutely astounding. The Lions and Jets meet up in Jersey, accompanied by a surprisingly modest 44 and a half total, at least in my opinion, surprisingly modest. Crane, we love our Lions, but we don't love what they did to our beautiful DeAndre Swift in week 14. Was week 13's 18-touch outing a one-off moment that won't be coming back? Or is he back because he wasn't on the injury report this week? Look what they did to my boy. <laughs> yeah, it's over. It's over. He's a 35% snap share last week. Like, honestly, like, why are we why are we talking about this? He, he was on the injury back? report last week. This week, he's not, Pat. It's that simple. Mm, okay. Science. So, Justin Jackson had a 30% snap share, 29% route participation. If that's like a direct result of him being on the injury report last week, then that offers some some hope because, you know, basically you can probably just lop off like 20% of that and give it to Swift, and now he's back up to 55%. That's possible. But that's still not great, guys. Yeah, it's such, your upside case is like mediocre as all get out. He's a good player, but the role would not be that special. Well, I and think that's 55% the percent snaps actually would be special. I think that would be enough. Special, special, kind of special at all. How has the special is? bar gotten so low? They no, give him so many third down targets, folks. Special for a DeAndre Swift type would be like a 70%. Uh, snap share that I mean, would be 70 that's like you're getting into like bell cow you see he doesn't need to be a bell cow he just needs to be a but that would be special for a player of his archetype a player of his archetype meaning amazing uh, <laughs> he doesn't need 70 we don't 50, need the I would, honor 95 percent. i'm telling you i would take 55 in a heartbeat i would like sign i would like sign a contract i, I would sign a sworn affidavit <laughs> for 55 that's in play that's definitely in play uh i think he's more interesting than jamal williams because he's got more of a pass catching role but I think it's a similar type of bet. You're hoping for a touchdown. You're hoping for around half the snaps. 
I legit don't even think he's more interesting than Jamal Williams. Like I'm, I'm not gambling with this guy. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's pretty sad. It's pretty bleak. Denny, what is going on behind Amonra St. Brown and the Lions passing attack? Where we got DJ Shark much more involved over the past two weeks. We have Jamison Williams mixing in for some snaps and some splash plays. Yeah. Josh Reynolds is apparently still on this team. Uh, what's going on? <laughs> That's rude. Sorry, sorry, Josh, if you're listening. Um, uh, yeah, look, uh, everything's fine. Everything's fine with Amon Ra. Uh, I know that things have been slow, a little bit slow. I was trying to true the Amon Ra. I was kind of wondering, like, if you were still interested not, in DJ I mean, not, not really slow. I'm, you know, looking at, you know, recent. But I know six catches for 68. You're hoping for more than that, like you had last week. But, uh, you know, let's see, 33% target per route run rate on the season. That's 30% over the past three weeks, so not a big drop-off. His weighted opportunity rating is actually higher over the past three weeks than it has been on the season. So everything, all the underlying stuff says that he's still an elite PPR option. You keep rolling him out. I I, I do think that the Lions will be forced to throw a lot here. Um, and uh, I, I, like, I like his chances of bouncing back from last week. The fact that uh, Pat asks what's going on behind Amon Ra and the first thing that comes up is Amon Ra is fine is evidence of how good Amon Ra is. Like anytime Justin Jefferson goes four for 40, you're like, oh my God, what's going on? Where are my 180 yards? And Amon Ra is like actually reaching that level of like when he doesn't go like eight for 105 and one, you're like, did something happen? Is he okay? But then he's right. He's fine. Right. And also uh, DJ Chark, who I obviously I'm a big fan. Talked him up, I think two or three straight weeks now. That's what I was waiting way, for him. Way, way different, uh, way different outlook this week. You know, um, the, the Jets are really tough against outside receivers. He's playing almost all of his, of his snaps on the boundary. So, uh, I mean, you're probably playing him as like a wide receiver three or four, but you know, tamp down your expectations. He was in a fantastic spot last week and took took advantage of it. It's not not even close to that this week. Yeah, he about to get sauced. Kyle, there are also some interesting things going on in the Jets passing game, including Mike White playing through like 40 broken ribs, even though they haven't announced that. Uh, Corey Davis concussed. Elijah Moore finally saw his long-sought targets increase in week 14. What do we tell the folks about the Jets passing game? I mean, I'm still probably only playing Garrett Wilson. I get Elijah Moore last week saw 10 targets. He paced the team in targets, um, but he ranks fifth among receivers with the last name Moore in yards per route run. Among all receivers, he ranks 95th. Wow. So I am not That's starting. That's the stat of the week. That's the stat <laughs> of the week for sure. I am not starting the worst Moore we have because uh, you're getting less, in fact, by the worst playing him. Moore. That's analytics. Uh, it's it's still and will always and forever be Garrett Wilson says and I'm sure you can fire up Tyler Conklin because as we said Jeff Driscoll's in play Conk it's Daddy. literally anyone you want go for it have a blast <laughs> it's true it's just why would you not be playing the Conk Daddy living your best life at tight end at this point I was gonna ask if anyone had any Zonovan Night love but of of course we do it's, you know uh, you know who I would play over Conk Daddy Jeff Driscoll <laughs> I mean I can't I get it. I don't think I would. I think I'd play the conk daddy. Oh, no. no you played. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen you happier in the old time I've known you. Oh, I'm so I'm so excited for Driscoll. Christmas came early for Denny. Yeah. Boy, new, even more disappointing Taysom Hill just dropped, honey. Um, come, come <laughs> no, no. No, no. It's Taysom, but good. It's a better version because he's isn't he like the red zone quarterback? He is. Yeah. yeah. Listen, he played 30. How many times is this team getting in the red zone? 33? 33 uh, davis mills played 33 it's a split guys he played 33 snap he had like 30 yards 
he I had, might play on Yahoo know, this week. I haven't had played on Yahoo. Rushing, all year. He had eight rushes and he threw a touchdown. What do you want? He's a, he he's he's better than everybody but Kelsey this week. Wow, he's better. Tight end quickly. Two teams absolutely Falcons. nobody cares about anymore. The Falcons and Saints come off by in New Orleans. Crane, give us the lowdown, beginning with the Falcons quarterback change to Desmond Ritter. I'm not really a Desmond Ritter believer. Uh, He's bad. Yeah, I think he's probably bad. Uh, He was very poor under pressure in college. That popped up in the preseason. I feel like it's going to be a major issue for him in his career. However, this is kind of the spot for him to prove me wrong. Prove me wrong, Desmond Ritter, because the Saints rank 21st in PFF's pass rush grades. They're 31st in quick pressure rate. I actually do think that Ritter could bring some efficiency to the offense this week, even if he ends up being kind of long-term a disappointment. This could be a good week for him. Um, I don't know that it's going to be great for Drake London, unfortunately. Uh, it finally clicked with Mariota. 50% target share, 49% air yard share. Uh, that was good for six receptions for 95 yards on 12 targets. That's kind of the way the Falcons' offense goes, but at least he was clicking with Mariota in that final game. Now, he, you know, it's a bit of risk to move uh, to change quarterbacks, but it should be okay in terms of like all the percentage of something numbers. It's just that the percentage of the something is the Falcons offense, which is just so run heavy. There's no way they don't go extremely run heavy with a rookie. No, they so, probably will be somehow even run heavier. Yes. Yeah. And then there's nothing we can really do with that because it's a split backfield. Uh, Patterson's been slightly more efficient than Tyler Algier, but you know, the rookie's done enough, I think to keep getting some volume, so it's going to be a split. I think Patterson's a slightly better bet. Neither looks like a great bet. On the Saints side, uh, they've been, in terms of their approach to the run, their kind of their philosophy, they've been kind of 49ers-ish, Jets-ish, uh, and they now get a Falcons defense that ranks 28th in EPA allowed per rush. Oh They're 31st They're not in rushing throw success any rate. Passes, are they? <laughs> They're running the ball. They're running the run and the running. Fortunately, we can do something with this because we got Kamara, we got no Mark Ingram, so we're getting workhorse Kamara. This could be one of his better weeks of the season. Even if they do drop back, obviously Kamara will be fine. He's still running back three in route participation, running back three in target share. So he's like a really pretty locked-in play. I like Kamara. Kamara is averaging 27 yards rushing and 29 yards receiving over his past five games. This is the matchup, though. And and he's going to get all the work. Uh, famous last words. They they probably they're gonna make a stunning reaction. David Johnson is just prepping for twelve touches, oh, baby. Man. So, is that really who it's gonna be? Uh, well, they signed email. Yeah, they signed. They signed. They say yeah. well, it's only been a, Ooh, a few days, right? Season. Email so, season. You guys don't know how much I love David Johnson. I really. He's been so. cut from two teams this year. Uh, we can start Camara. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man, he's he's uh he's locked in for twenty five touches. That's true. <laughs> no, you starting. Come on, come on. Um, Chris Olave, uh, did want to note, obviously like we know Chris Olave is having a good season, but, uh, looking at his weighted targets per route run, which includes air yards in the, uh, target per route run calculation. He's only behind Tyree kill. If they just were to throw and maybe use not Andy Dalton to do it, but if they just were to throw, he could be having just an incredibly special season. Uh, that that's not going to be this game. Unfortunately, but he does have a 15.2 a dot so he can get there on some splash play. So I think even with the concern that this is going to be a very run heavy saints game plan, uh, Olave is still in play for me. We'll be right back after this. You haven't heard about number crispy yet. 
Well then, you probably haven't heard the sweet silence after the first crispy bite either. Go try it for yourself to hear the best nut sound you've ever heard. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Download the Roto-World app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster. Get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It is available in your app store today. Kyle Dvorak, the Packers come off by to a sizzling Christian Watson and potentially returning Romeo Dobbs. That is no longer potential. Romeo Dobbs is returning. What is the lay of the land in Green Bay, including whether this team can make a playoff run? Uh, right now, a 538 gives them a 6% chance to make the playoffs. And assuming they win this game because they're playing against just one of the most depleted rosters, it doesn't change too much because that's already kind of baked in. I, I mean, the exciting part is since week 10, Rodgers has a 0.14 EPA per drop back and a 1% uh, completion percent over completion percentage over expected it was negative in both metrics heading into week 10 like he just was having a bad season you can blame it on the banged up offensive line you can blame it on the lack of receiving talent but it was not a good season in terms of efficiency metrics and then week 10 that cutoff is the christian watson breakout and he has been not elite but good since then the problem is since then the packers do not care they have a minus 12 percent pass rate over expected they have Finally, things are coming together. Watson is blowing up. Now they're going to get Romeo Dobbs back. And I have no faith that they will even acknowledge that fact, acknowledge the fact that they're finally turning things around. Uh, and maybe it, it won't matter this week. They could probably still beat Baker Mayfield behind ninth string linemen with no receivers by running the football. But for the offensive outlook, their philosophy is like a losing philosophy when they have to face good teams. And it's probably a losing fantasy philosophy this week because they won't need to pass the football. It's been a losing philosophy when they faced bad teams. They lost <laughs> yeah, a, a really? ton of bad teams this year. At least Aaron Rodgers had the bye to rest his thumb, to rest his ribs. Maybe the maybe that can help lead to a greater passing game commitment if his broken thumb. Is yeah, I think I think better. that may be true in the coming weeks. They have they end this season on like Detroit and and uh, the Vikings. But this isn't – I, I really can't envision this being a game where they get pushed by the opposition. Maybe there's some sort of glimmer of hope that with all the receivers looking good, or at least, you know, Watson looking great, Dobbs back in the lineup, they have the healthy core of receivers for like the first time in, in months or something. Maybe in the future that comes to fruition, but I don't think it will this week. I think they they could, the Rams – They could lose to the Rams. They could yeah, play. I think so too. I think the Rams might – 
looking kind of uh, feels like Sean McVay like seems like freed by having no good players left by having Baker Mayfield. Yeah, well, <laughs> and uh, all time. Well, I was pitched to Denny now. Baker Mayfield had an all time mean mm-hmm. start in Week 14. Uh, is there any chance that it was anything other than a one off for what feels like a totally collapsed offense, Denny? Well, apparently part of the reason Baker, you know, booked his flight to L.A. before the team even called, which I, which is something he said after the game last week. Wait, what? what yeah. Did he do that? Yes. Yeah. He booked his flight, said, I'm going to L.A. because I, 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 I want to play for the Rams. The reason. Part Me of the too. Reason, I could. Can I do that? What? That's, that's why I'm flying to L.A. right after the show. You never know. <laughs> uh, he could have been claimed by another team and had to right. fly. Been bad. That's yeah. very irresponsible. He, has to, he would have had to fake a medical emergency <laughs> to get an emergency. Landing. What's he going to do? But this is the uh, this is the legend of Baker. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that legend will grow this week. But he is he is very comfortable apparently in the Sean McVay offensive system. A lot of eleven personnel. He he thrives in that. He he was pretty good in that in twenty twenty. And for some reason, uh, Kevin Stefanski, I don't know, forgot about it. It's hard to say. Um, but yeah, so I, I I do think that there's there's something to it. He, they he makes. Atwell, just please don't cut my mic. He makes Tutu Atwell. He makes Ben Skoranek, Van Jefferson slightly more interesting. He does. Okay. He actually does. Yeah, that's, that's fair. That's yeah. actually that's true. Like he makes them. He makes them live at least. You know, for not for as interesting as Matt Ryan would. But no. <laughs> oh, we're 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 playing this clip when Matt Ryan uh, goes off. By the way, I was wondering if you guys. I don't think I'll be able to live that down. (laughs) (laughs) I was wondering if you guys, when you were watching on Amazon last Thursday, found it maybe just a little curious that two days after arriving with his new team, a quarterback could play every snap, and yet Christian McCaffrey had to be snap counted in his 49ers debut. (laughs) And just would like to revisit that. Did he play every snap? I thought thought John John Wolford. No, no, I'm saying after the opening series where, like, John Wolford hit, like, his contract incentive or whatever, he played every snap. Is it, do you, it, it, was it a contract thing? Uh, there were some people speculating that, but then some people saying that couldn't be it. Uh, I, I don't know. Doing doing his boy a solid, like hey Wolf. That was guess weird. what? You get a new star on your Pro Football Reference page. It's going to claim you started this game. Didn't they do that with Cam Akers last year too? Actually, they brought him up to the active roster uh, for some weird technical reason. I forget if it was like seasons accrued or something of that. I think it was nature. like his pension. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was some like really weird, uh, like uh, the agreement the the contract agreement or whatever yeah, but uh maybe that's why i don't know i don't think that was What's why i think guys? i think it's just kind of like walford's the starter and then uh, i saw like you know one series of john walford's like yeah whatever i don't care how long baker's been <laughs> yeah. he didn't even throw a pass in that first series though did he no he did not no he's like this boy cannot hand off get him yeah, out of there seriously like three plays <laughs> really it was a three and out i think yeah yeah it made actually no sense but Anyways, a quarterback can do it on two days, but a running back can on five. I just find that very curious. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, most of the audience is probably no comment. No comment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do like that you still held on to that though. <laughs> it was pretty good. It was pretty good for that take. I gotta yeah, say. Yep, there we go. Let's see. He's literally it's like two days. Two days. Just blew the whole thing wide open. Yeah. The fading New York Giants take on the surging. I can't believe I had to write that. Commanders on the National Broadcasting Corporation Sunday evening at eight twenty p.m. Eastern. Denny, what is of interest in Landover, Maryland? What's, uh, what's of interest is that uh, 70% of this crowd will be Giants fans. <laughs> That's for certain. It's, uh, but it, it, I don't think it'll matter. I actually do like the commanders to win here. Uh, maybe not handily, but but definitely I think you can bank on good game script uh, for, for the commanders. 
the the Giants are the sixth most sixth most extreme uh, pass funnel in the league. Uh, it makes some sense considering they allow the seventh highest EPA per drop back. Taylor Heineke actually had a pretty good game when these teams met uh, two weeks ago through for 275 and two touchdowns. Uh, there are some key injuries to the Giants secondary. We'll see how they uh, that plays out uh, in the in the coming days at, at practice could be significant for Heineke and McLaurin and the passing attack for Washington. Uh, just more more on Heineke because I actually think that Heineke is an interesting streaming option uh low like not a ceiling option of course not matt ryan let's just say. <laughs> okay but but still you know still could get there who, who is i mean i think right exactly exactly uh uh you could get there uh, against the giants uh the saquon situation is dicey like he's practicing i would expect him, them to try to get him in, uh, in involved here but man, the Washington run defense is good, like like really solid. I I just don't know if I see any kind any kind of ceiling situation here for Saquon. It doesn't have to do necessarily with him, but just the team. Like you know, there's just no no threat of the pass. No 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 teams are scared of Daniel Jones. The team the team itself, the Giants themselves, don't trust Daniel Jones. And, and, and he, I can tell you one team who's scared of Daniel Jones, and the one who employs him. Yes. Yes. Right. They're terrified. Right. And, and so they do everything to, and to keep it out of his hands in an important situation. So that's bad for Saquon. Saquon's also not super involved uh, in the passing game. One other thing, Richie James in concussion protocol, he seemed like an interesting kind of play. Maybe he did return to practice Thursday. Okay. Thank you for that. I didn't know that. Uh, Well, you know, he would, he would be somewhat interesting in in deep, deeper PPR formats because Daniel Bellinger might miss this game. Well, Denny, you'd have to get your Isaiah Hodgins in a GPP tattoo removed from your forehead though. I would. That might take a while. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's true. That's all I got on this. They'd all, they'd both be playing. Hodgins is playing outside. It would be quite painful. So I can get the second tattoo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Just like do him like a crown. Every one, the next one, the next one. (laughs) Isaiah Hodgins in a GPP. The Tennessee Titans and Los Angeles Chargers meet up in this week's Are These Teams Good or Bad Bowl? Kyle, what is the scoop in Los Angeles? Where I'm assuming there are probably not enough Titans fans to take over SoFi Stadium. No offense to Titans fans. Yeah, this might be uh, – I'm looking for the Starbucks. Is it in this large building with Scofie written on it? I don't know. Let's <laughs> poke around in here. And those are the fans attending this game. I – am concerned for what the Titans look like without Traylon Burks, because as you knock off that like deep threat can push the boundaries of defenders type of player in Burks, Tannehill starts to look rough. It hasn't been a great season for him either way, but he averages 1.2 fewer yards per attempt and a quarter less touchdowns in his three games without Burks. I mean, the and, and Burks didn't practice again Thursday with the concussion. I, I don't think he, I mean, it's very unlikely he plays at this point. Maybe that opens up some more. I mean, they already do it a lot, but opens up even more Chig Okonkwu routes. But he only last week without Burks ran around on 52% of Tannehill's dropbacks. He is in that like Tyler Conklin minus tier of if you have to do it, I understand why, but he's still just a part-time player. So the only, the only Titan I'm really interested in is the obvious one. It's Derrick Henry. Chargers have faced a pass rate below expectation and ranked 29th in EPA per rush allowed. They are just the supreme run funnel with their terrible run defense. And we know Tennessee would love to play this game no other way. So it's a great Derrick Henry spot. The only real out to him failing is that the Chargers offense is back. 
I'm not entirely sure that's true. I know they had a solid performance last week, but it was once again the super low Justin Herbert ADOT, and it just doesn't make sense. At this point, it does feel almost more by design because they had Mike Williams back, and he ran around on 73% of Herbert's dropbacks. It's not a, it's not, you know, the true starting full-time role. Palmer ran a few more routes than him, but I think we can expect it to get up there. It really does kind of just look by design that they're not attempting to push the ball downfield. Luckily, like I said a few weeks ago, when Herbert was facing the Raiders, the right matchup can paste over this sort of weak, cowardly offensive design. And this is the right matchup. The Titans give up more fantasy points to receivers, line about wide than anyone else. They're poor against the slot still. They are one of the easiest teams to pass on in terms of fantasy points allowed. I'm starting everyone here. If they get a more difficult matchup in the future and their philosophy doesn't change, I do go back to being concerned. But the matchup is too good not to. Chargers trying to win that Pac-12 championship with the Oregon usage of Justin Herbert. Uh, you hate what's, to see it. What's going on with Derrick Henry? Limited practice yesterday, non-injury. Didn't practice today, non-injury. They just you rest know? him every day. That's yeah, absolutely yeah. new. That's it? Yeah. Okay. He's cool. He'll be all right. Sweet. He'll be a big dog. We'll be – man, I was trying to – I couldn't think of – and I thought of like five truly terrible puns. What were they? No, name them – in order. <laughs> I have one of them involved. The first one involves the word woof and just uh, can't mm. do it. Can't do it. <laughs> but, uh, I, I appreciate you. We can edit this out. Yeah, the, let's please do it. Yeah, but the lawyers uh, are. <laughs> yeah, Denny's lawyers are on now. So I can't yeah. take the heat off Denny. I got to keep it squarely <laughs> on Denny where it belongs. Yeah. The accelerating Bengals visit the deflated Bucks as three and a half point road favorites, Patrick Crane. I'll ask you what I feel like I ask you guys every week. Is there uh, any hope whatsoever for this Bucks offense? I, I finally did. I had mostly already abandoned hope. I abandoned all hope last week for the Bucks offense. Yeah, I did some digging on this Bucks offense. And, you know, it's definitely not because Byron Leftwich said, this isn't fantasy. This is real life. I know what I'm doing. You guys don't. It's, that didn't fire me up at all. Uh, I, just, <laughs> I just like numbers and I'm curious about things. Uh, so, you know, I dove in and... Some some curious things happening here hmm. in in Tampa curious. Bay. Uh, some things that I would argue don't make any sense in real life. Uh, <laughs> so okay, we're looking at a team that's been run first heading into the 49ers game. They're run first on first down in four consecutive games. They did pivot away from that against the 49ers, who are really good against the run, but they're also trailing the entire game. So I'm not sure if their pass rate of expected numbers really tell us that much about how they want to operate. This run-first approach on first down generally is, is setting up Brady for some tough second and third down throws because the Buccaneers rank 31st in EPA per rush. They have a terrible run game. They keep trying to establish it. I could maybe get this if they were using – I wouldn't, but I'd pretend to – if they were <laughs> using this threat of the run to do something to open up the passing game. I'm talking about play action, right? You're establishing the run, establishing the run. Now you fake the run, you throw it. But – they obviously do that, right? They, they're doing all this work. They, they probably use a lot of play action. No, Brady is dead last in play action. I was going to say, I can't even picture Tom Brady taking a play action snap this year. Yeah, he's not. Right. He's not. So so why are you why are you doing this? Okay, play action, you know, that's good. It's You don't have to do play action. The Bengals don't do play action. They, they're uh, barely doing play any play action at all, and they're still great. Joe Burrow's just 34th in play action rate. Not a big deal. But the Bengals operate almost exclusively – from the shotgun. So that's probably what's happening in Tampa Bay, right? They just operate nonstop from the shotgun. Mm-hmm. Nope. They're nope. 12th in shotgun rate. Uh, they're, well. they're not not using the shotgun, but they're not anywhere near 
the the leading teams like the Cardinals and the Bengals and actually the Eagles, which is kind of interesting. So they they have these plays where they've got Brady under center and he's just like handing it off. He's not ever <laughs> pretending to hand it off and then not handing it off. He just does it. it. Nothing good happens. Like stop doing that. So I don't have any faith in this team. They're they're now going against the Bengals defense that's weaker against the run than the pass. So they're probably going to get themselves into trouble by running it a bunch inefficiently, setting up Brady for tougher throws on second and third down. It's like the worst possible situation for them. And I, and I don't trust them to figure it out. No, man. It's even bleaker than I was imagining. That's pretty amazing breakdown of the situation, though. And just, yeah, there's no indication. Todd Bowles doesn't want to seem to change. Byron Lefwich doesn't want to seem to change. Tom Brady even doesn't really seem to be saying he like wants to do anything differently. I guess he is screaming a lot um, during the A games. lot of screaming. A lot, a lot of yelling. Good. Uh, More yeah. than a normal amount of screaming. Right. It's uh, screaming over expected is off the charts. For, <laughs> he rates number one in handsome screams index. Yeah, I mean, the guy looks so miserable. My I God. It's... I've never seen a least. I, I watched a lot of Dan Marino in his final seasons. I've seen an unhappy quarterback. I've never seen this. This is this is unbelievable. He has to get out of that situation. Yeah, he is. In in the walkthrough, I was defending Brady a little bit because also his receivers aren't getting open at all. They all suck in right. uh, open right. score. Oh, They're man. all terrible. So I'm like I'm like defending Brady. I, I opened the the write up by just starting with look. I first got really into football with the 2001 Raiders. So like I'm not a Brady fan, and then <laughs> obviously I include a gif of the Tuck rule fiasco, <laughs> which then got me all fired up. Just look, either either check out the walkthrough on rotoworld.com or just Google the gif of the of the Tuck rule. It's un, it actually makes me still mad too. This it is actually it is a nauseating moment in American sports history. It, it's one of the worst plays in NFL history. That that it's was what's known as that. a fumble. That's called a fumble. Is. Yeah, it looked like a fumble to me, folks. To nineteen-year-old me watching that game, looked like a fumble. And then the Patriots you have two hands on a ball, and the ball falls out of your hands. Probably fumble. And then the Patriots cheated so bad in Super Bowl thirty-six, they had to change the pass interference rules right? and the holding rules. I'll say. I'll say about it. Yep. Uh, Denny, uh, Rashad White, Leonard Fournette check in. Crane informs us they are bad. They're bad. Yeah. I, you know, we, when we talked last week, uh, you said, well, Hey, look, at least Rashad White's better than Lenny. No, no, they say they're, they're both not good. Um, you know, it probably has something to do with the predictable design and all of the flaws that crane, uh, so nicely and thoroughly laid out here. Uh, but you know, I mean, topped off with some, uh, tuck rule talk. You really do love to see it. Yeah. I mean, it was a good, it was a good rant overall. Uh, but, you know, I mean, Rashad White is is somewhat interesting because uh, of his role in the passing game. He has, uh, let's see, over his last three games, he has 20 receptions uh, and one, one for a touchdown. You know, Fournette is mixing in uh, and, and making it so that White doesn't get that full route rate that we, we would want. But I think that White remains okay in, in PPR. I You know, the Bucks are so bad now that I – I just I can't see them ever playing from ahead. Like no. so, I, I I do think that that is pretty stable for Rashad White. No man, just what a sorry sorry state of affairs. Kyle, the Bengals they had some receiver chaos behind Jamar Chase last week. It does seem like T Higgins, knock on wood, famous last words, seems likely to play through his hamstring injury. Tyler just like Boyd's, he did last week. Exactly. Tyler Godspeed, Boyd seems man. likely to play through his finger injury. What's going on in the Bengals receiver department? 
Yeah, I mean, Tyler Boyd suffered a dislocated finger last week. But I mean, as all of us know, you dislocate your fingers, you're typing, you're typing away. Pop, one pops out, you put it right back in. <laughs> Reporters say you're going to miss one to two weeks and you play through it anyways. They're both getting limited sessions Wednesday and Thursday. That's a pretty strong sign they're playing. Who was covering capacity? the Rotor World beat these days? I haven't seen anyone around. <laughs> <laughs> I played through uh I one time had a finger so messed up from a softball injury that I got a freezing cold glass of water and was dipping my hand in it whenever I wasn't typing and then have to numb it and then typing. And then this course got water all over my keyboard. It was <laughs> But you you have that dog in you. That's, that's not committed. I want to learn though. That's true. <laughs> the smallest, most fragile dog you've got in you. Indeed. <laughs> you gotta blurb through it. Yeah, you gotta you gotta blurb through it. Uh, yeah. So they're both. I mean, they're both almost certainly playing. You really don't see players, uh, especially both having played last week. Play is a kind way to describe what T Higgins did, but he's uh he's gonna ruin all of my spreadsheets now because he I can't uh not include that game, I guess, yeah, or I at gosh. least have to manually unclude it. But I think they're both playing, and I do think this is obviously like last week proves this uh false, but I do think if they're playing, we will see more of them, especially we will see more than one snap or whatever it was from T. Higgins, because the drop-off between them and the next receivers on the depth chart is truly atrocious. Who so, is the number four receiver on the Bengals? Trenton Irwin, buddy. Yeah. Or Trent Taylor this, in the slot. Is it still yeah. Stanley Morgan? Oh, that's a good cut. It's Auden Tate. No, I don't think he's on the team anymore. <laughs> Mike Thomas, but he's been phased out or hurt. Mike Thomas might be on a different team now. Um, maybe not. Stanley Morgan, folks, look it up. He's still yeah. This game, but I haven't seen any. any yeah, this game. Uh, you know, th- this game of us trying to name all these uh, all these little goobers proves the point that uh, I think I think we will see. And they have no Hayden Hurst, and Mitchell Wilcox has no ability to draw targets despite playing a bunch of snaps. So probably even more more reps or more targets for the guys who are on the field. So you're firing them up. I know there's been like. It feels like Tyler Boyd is like the most like stable PPR option, but really when they had Chase, it was just like he didn't get the ball that often, but he was so uncovered because they have the best two outside receivers in the league, the best duo that is, that uh, he had like two 100-yard games in the first seven weeks when uh, Jamar Chase was playing. So you're even starting him. There you go. I, I would note just um, something I found on the walkthrough where Jamar Chase has the highest double coverage rate in the league, and he is seeing a pretty – a uh, big drop off in his target rate when facing double coverage, but he has a very good ESPN open score. So the thinking, my thinking on it is, yeah, you don't have to throw to him in double coverage because you have T Higgins. Um, like if you look at Cooper Cup, he has a much his his target rate is basically the same in double coverage as it was, uh, you know, under all conditions. So I can't imagine why Matthew Stafford was throwing so many interceptions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but if you think about like the best case scenario for Chase is that Higgins is like kind of having his reps limited, you know, managed and Boyd is, you know, not fully himself because he is getting open. Like if they just start feeding him the ball, which is exactly what they did last week. He, was, he got like 15 targets. So I think it's a pretty exciting spot for Chase. You want those guys out there because you want the, the Bengals confident in passing. But if they're not 100 percent, things could really funnel the chase. Feed him. Feed him. That's all I have to say. Feed him. I I need it so, so bad this weekend. In a brutally bad game, the Arizona Cardinals and Denver Broncos could be both starting their backup quarterbacks against each other. 
Russell Wilson did get in a limited practice on Thursday. He might get the call over Brett Rippon. Crane, the uh, total, if you can call it that, currently 37. Get us out of here with this game. It's pretty wild, 37. Colt McCoy ranks dead last. It was 36. It has is, it is risen to 37. Oh, man. Who's taking the over? There's just some brave people. I guess they're Russell Wilson that might play uh, bet. No, it's it's betting on Russell Wilson doesn't play. There's no way someone sees Russell Wilson is playing and is like, yeah. I'll, I'll start with that. Uh, Russell Wilson's way better than Brett Rippon. He's he 27th in EPA per play, 29th in CPOE. Uh, among quarterbacks with at least 60 plays this season, which isn't a ton, but Brett Rippon has not been looking too good. Uh, he's got, uh, he's been better than John Wolford, Sam Ellinger, Skylar Thompson, and Kyle Allen, and that's it. So we don't want Brett Rippon out there if we have any investment in the Broncos somehow in uh, our advancing best ball teams or whatever, which I, I do because I drafted so many Broncos. It's, it's been horrible. Pray for me. Uh, but, you know, I would say the number one guy here is Greg Dulcich purely because we need to fill tight end somehow. Uh, I would play Jeff Driscoll over Greg Dulcich, but in case you don't have access to Driscoll, uh, 12.7 ADOT, which is a 90th percentile ADOT for a tight end. Now, this is important because we can't count on passing volume from the Broncos. We don't want, you know, to really one one play, please. That's all. That's all. And you can actually get it from Greg Dulcich because he gets targeted deep down the seam. And so maybe we, we get that play this week. I don't know if we will or not, but maybe. Uh, I'm not starting the running backs here. Did I lose you guys? Can you hear me? No, Kurt, Kyle's just muted. He oh, was Kyle's trying muted. to say I'm something. Sorry, I was saying uh, he is the DJ Moore of tight ends in that. Uh, oh, boy, air yards, baby. What? How many air yards leagues? Does does uh, Underdog do like air yards uh, points and lots of them? <laughs> they I should. have ground to make <laughs> up. They now, Dulcich does score very well in the aesthetics leagues purely because of the lettuce. The lettuce is yeah, worth a lot of points. The aesthetics are good. They're very good. <laughs> yeah. So, Greg Dulcich, uh, yes, Jerry Judy, meh, because you're burning a wide receiver spot and in this offense where Britt Rippon might be starting. So, yeah, if I Russell Wilson plays, week. I think you can play Jerry Judy. If not, I guess. Yeah. It's still, not, it's still not great. Uh, how many tutters did he have last week? The only I was, I was on it then. This is not that uh, – well, yeah, this is actually a pass funnel, so sure. You could start, Judy, if if, uh, I count one if we get Wilson. Two tutter, three tutters. I believe uh, even one of those I ripping. Ten toilets, 11 toilets, 12 <laughs> toilets. <laughs> I mean, Russell Wilson, he was a man on a mission. He knows what's at stake. He uh, does. He knows he's got to get the touchdowns over 12. He knows that. That's why he's going to play through a concussion this week. Yeah, that's, uh, it's, a, it's probably good long term for him. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, is that it? Too much? Uh, no, I got a couple things. Uh, Latavius Murray, 53% <laughs> snap share last week. Done with him. We're done with Murray. Yeah, Let's we are. Talk about well, no, we never started with Murray. Hold on. Now we're done. There were six Murray teams was on my. I put up a fight. Teams. I put up a fight on Murray last week, and I was I was wrong. I was wrong. There were six teams on by last. It was a different time. It was a different He's, era. It was I a mean, different look, time. The only the only running back worse than Melvin Gordon this year is Latavius Murray. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. Uh, on the other hand, though, James Conner snap shares of 96%, 97%, 95% over the last 3 weeks. We can work with that. Wow. Only running back 20 in success rate. That's not terrible though. Mm-hmm. We're not expecting a ton of efficiency here going up against a tough Broncos defense, but they are better against the pass than the run. And we're just getting all the volume. So I think like a volume-based RB1 
play for for Connor here. I mean, efficiency yeah. at the running back position isn't even. Kyle that and important. I talked about that on the podcast earlier this week. Yeah, if you're getting every single snap, it's not it's not that important. So, uh, yeah, like Connor, Colt McCoy, by the way, ranks dead last in EPA per play. He's been <laughs> is that bad though? <laughs> it it is bad. Yeah, it's pretty stable uh, efficiency metric. We don't want we don't want to be the oh. least good at it. Uh, <laughs> He's been like decently accurate. So like there is an upside case here. Now that upside case is like Mac Jones and Kenny Pickett level efficiency. So the upside wow. case also gross. And the upside case probably not happening against a Broncos defense that's pretty good against the pass. Uh the other thing is that DeAndre Hopkins is not like a clear-cut number one with Marquise Brown back in the lineup. They're still he's still seeing plenty of targets and everything. But they've both seen 16 first read targets over the last two weeks. That's pretty good. Wow. Uh, you know, eight per game is pretty good. Um, they're right around 20% in terms of first read target rate, which is also pretty good. But like Hopkins was absolutely elite previously. He's fallen off from that. Uh, and I don't really, I'm not that interested if he's just going to be kind of like a, a 1A type with Colt McCoy against the Broncos. I think he's still a wide receiver too, but, you know. Yeah, I think he's still a wide receiver because I think Colt McCoy, well, DeAndre Hopkins can play underneath. Marquise Brown, I guess, was kind of compiling earlier in the year, but doesn't seem like Colt McCoy is going to unlock any deep uh, Marquise no. Brown attempts. But so I think you can pr- have DeAndre Hopkins still comfortably ahead of Marquise Brown in the fantasy rankings, to be honest. I do too. Yeah, the and it's, it's, like, it's kind of like AJ Brown, Devontae Smith ish, I think, in terms of like the split. And then Hopkins would be the AJ, AJ Brown there. But, but with a quarterback of Colt McCoy. Yeah, man, who was in college when I was in college. Seems like a poor sign. Couldn't be me. Uh, when Texas was in the Big 12. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, could not be Kyle. It couldn't have been you. Yeah, no, literally. <laughs> we're going to start saying couldn't be me for like things that literally couldn't be like, oh, I was in Texas last week. Couldn't be me. I don't live in Texas. Who's <laughs> <laughs> this smart baby here? This is what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, oh, I think we all know what we're talking about when we say the show is over. And tell you what, it started off kind of long. I didn't know if we'd make it. Uh, to our normal hour and 24 minutes that somehow is every single week. But we did. But we did you, it. you piloted us, man. You got us there. I did all I could. I'm also feeling very sleepy. As, again, Denny, by the way, I've always felt very reassured every time you said you could barely tell I was sick <laughs> for the past two weeks. Yeah, so. no, barely. When you, when you called me and had to clear your throat for 15 minutes before we even <laughs> said one word to each other, I couldn't tell. Yeah, it was, I did a good job hiding it, so I appreciate that. No, I, I certainly didn't talk about it at all. <laughs> no, so... Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Please check out the website. We got Kyle's 32 stats. Uh, we have Denny's funneling article that should be out by the time you're listening to this. We, of course, have Patrick Crane's walkthrough, one of the essential weekly reads in the entire fantasy industry that I hear is a little behind on since buys are over. Uh, so, Pat, we're all thinking yeah. that you're all rooting for you. I, you know, I got as much done uh, to this point as I did last week, which, you know, should be fine, right? Still, <laughs> it should be. Your, your target square. share was the same. It was just the pie. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The walkthrough right. will be out on Friday. Please check it out. It's an amazing read. Check out my rankings, which I will keep updated between now and kickoffs on Sunday morning. There's three Saturday games this week. My God, man. Yeah. Just give us a break for like two seconds. Like, at least at least they're doing it. Uh, they're not doing this to us on Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> hey, but hey, at least for Saturday, at least Matt Ryan's playing. 
Oh, short slate, Matt Ryan. Yeah, something to look for. What a Saturday. Look out. <laughs> Got a nice little Saturday plan. <laughs> yes, we do. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for reading for Pat Corain, for Danny Carter, for Kyle Dvorak. I'm Patrick Darty. We will be back later. You haven't heard about the McCrispy yet? Well, then, you probably haven't heard the sweet silence after the first crispy bite either. Go try it for yourself to hear the best not sound you've ever heard. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.